Merry Christmas. I think this is the third service. Is that right? Um, I had about a 15-minute message in the first two. I've got uh, quite a bit longer for you guys. I'm going to cover about 47 points uh, tonight. I want to say also good evening to Building D. If you're new here, we have two sanctuaries that are going at the same time. I want to say good evening to Southwest Campus uh, down near uh, in Oak Hill near the Y. We have another campus. And uh, we're praying that we can get a Dripping Springs campus started next fall. So some of you guys live in Dripping Springs. We're trying to get a campus out there as well. We're so glad you're here tonight. Um, I hope that you're not here because your mom or your grandmother made you come. I hope you're here and I hope you're, you're just, you, you get Christmas, okay? Because this is the best time of the year. And it's not because of all the stuff, it's because of Jesus. It's the best time of the year because of Jesus. So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about Jesus. Um, I've only got really two points, and, and I, I think you guys are smarter than the first two services, so I, I think you'll get these two points. Um, by the way, if you have a phone, go ahead and put that on silent mode or off. I know you can't do that with your kids. I don't think there's a button for that, and so don't worry about the kids. Here are the points. What is good and precious in your life need never be lost. What is good and precious in your life Never need be lost. And what is evil and undesirable in your life can be changed. I believe the message of Christmas is that God can change anything. That God can change anybody or anything. Uh, I know there's a lot of Gallup poll surveys, and, and sometimes they do religious surveys. And on these Gallup poll surveys, they'll always ask Americans, do you believe that Jesus Christ really came and he was a real person? And most Americans will say, yes, I believe that. Most Americans will say they believed he lived a life, they believed he died, and a lot of Americans will even say they believe he resurrected, he rose from the dead. The problem is, as millions of Americans say they believe, that Christmas happened. Their lives are just like everybody else's. I believe when you get the Christmas message, you believe that nothing valuable is going to be lost, and you believe and understand that anything can be changed. Now, what do I mean by those two points? We've, we've had thousands of folks come through here tonight. We've got hundreds listening right now. Some of you are in here thinking, I don't mean to be morbid, but some of you are thinking, this could be my last Christmas ever. Some of you may have an illness, maybe you got a doctor's report back, and you're sad because you think this may be your last Christmas. Or you may be sitting with someone in your family, you're thinking, this might be their last Christmas. Here's the great news about Christmas. Jesus came to give us life eternally. So if you pass in 2015, you don't lose anything, you get more. What's amazing about Christmas is whatever is precious to you, your children, your spouse, your loved ones, heaven doesn't take any of that away. Heaven gives it to you more deeply. So if you're sitting here thinking, I'm a pretty good looking person. When you get to heaven, you're going to be better looking. The Bible says you and I get glorified bodies. Amen? I can't wait to get my glorified body. I just want to trade this one in. Give me the glorified one. You think you're smart? When you get to heaven, the Bible says you're going to know Jesus as he's fully known. You're going to be smarter in heaven than you are here. Maybe you're a very successful person here. You're going to be more successful in heaven because actually your faith 
will now actually be real. And you will see what you've been believing your entire life. Folks, nothing that is precious to you, if you understand Christmas, can ever be taken away. Now, what does that do for you? It means you get to live without fear. You get to live without anxiety. You don't have to cling to your loved ones or even your kids. And you don't have to cling to your health because you know everything that's precious will be given back to you, but even better one day. Folks, for us who, are, who follow Jesus, for us believers in Christ, for us Christians, death is not the end to anything. Death is the beginning of the real party. Death is the beginning. This is appetizer. That's going to be the full course meal. So as believers, we have a, a trust. So we get to live, and I don't mean this arrogantly, but maybe I do. We get to live better than those who have no hope. We get to live not with a fear of death, not with clinging to what we could lose. We get to fear with a confidence that nothing that's precious in our life will ever be lost. It will only be returned in better ways. What does it mean when I say that whatever is evil and undesirable can be changed? Maybe you've heard people say this before. That bad habit or that bad uh, character trait in me, that's just the way I am. You probably have some of your family. That's just the way I am. You just got to live with it. That's, that's me. If you have something in your life that's not positive and it's negative and it could change and it needs to change and you say that's just the way I am, here's what you're rejecting. You're rejecting the Christmas message. You're saying the Christmas message cannot change. And we believe if that baby in that manger 2,000 years ago was God in the flesh, that anything that's undesirable in your life can change. Some of you here tonight, you may be a single adult, and you're thinking, I hate Christmas. I can't wait for Christmas to be over, but then you get hit with another whammy. Valentine's comes right after, right? I hate Valentine's Day. And, and you're sad, and you're lonely, and I want you to know that God can change your heart with overwhelming you with his presence. God can date you well. God can be a husband. God can be a father. God can be a friend. You're not alone. And no matter what you have frustrating in your life. Maybe you think, I got to cling on to my health. I got news for you. You're going downhill. <laughs> you may want to cling to that, but I want you to know God can change that because one day we're getting those glorified bodies. No matter what you hold precious, God's going to give you more and better. No matter what you think needs to be changed that's destructive in your life, he can change it. I believe that God can change the worst marriages. I believe God can change and mature rebellious kids. I believe God can break addictions. I believe God can change bankruptcy issues. I believe God can change hearts. Some of you brought a spouse or a loved one, and you're thinking, Lord, I hope you're listening to this sermon. That's your issue. You need to listen to it. This is for you. Don't send the podcast to everybody else. This is for you. What do you need to change in your life? What is it? Because that's the Christmas message. When I think about Christmas and what needs to change, many people think, I'm good, that's just the way I am. If you think you don't need change, there's one of three things going on. Either you're one, perfect. And I, I've never met a perfect person. If you're not perfect, then you're biblically disobedient. Because the Bible, over every chapter of the Bible, it says the Christmas message, that the Christmas message means that you change. So you're either perfect, disobedient, or delusional. Which is it? You're either perfect, you're disobedient, or you're delusional. We believe 
the Christmas message changes everything. The Christmas message is like if you, if you go out to the parking lot right after this and your battery's dead. Maybe you left your car and you don't realize your battery's dead. And I come walking up with jumper cables and my car's running. And you look at me and you say, don't worry about it. Don't do it. You don't understand. This car, it won't help. That's exactly what we're saying if we believe God can't change something in our lives. The, the Christmas message is God's jumper cables from heaven to your heart. And if you're here and you're a Christian, you are proof positive that God can change anybody. Amen? Because some of you are rank. And God, and God changed you. You're not the person you used to be. If you've got a critical spirit, we believe God can give you a positive spirit. If, if you nag your spouse all the time, we believe God can change that. If you've got an addiction that no one else knows about, but it's destroying your life from the inside out, we believe God can change that. Because if that baby in that manger was God in the flesh, it changes everything. People who don't want to change are either perfect, disobedient, or delusional. The more honest I become about the brokenness of my own life, the more the Christmas marriage hits me deeper. The, the, the Christmas message just hits me harder. Self-satisfaction, biblically, is always disobedience. If we're self-satisfied, Jesus didn't need to come. When you say, hey, heaven, we're good. We're good. We don't need it. That's why Jesus came. Now, 2015 is right around the corner, right? So after my Clemson Tigers beat Oklahoma, you're going to make some resolutions. And I'll go ahead and tell you up front in public, most of your resolutions are going to be rather shallow, right? The number one resolution in America, Ready? To lose five to ten pounds. Number one resolution in America. Number two resolution in America. To reconcile with a friendship that's been broken. But most of you by February will not like that friend again. Right? Most of you will say, God, help me lose five to ten pounds. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to the gym January 3rd. Because you, you don't want to rush into anything. January 3rd. Right? And, you're, and this is how you know everybody's got new workout clothes on. Don't they? And there, there's a weight at every machine. And then about March 1st, there's no weight at the machines anymore. I believe we as Americans take physical, we take physical resolutions a lot more seriously than spiritual ones. If, if you were to take your spiritual resolution as seriously as you take the physical resolutions, we will stay up till 2 a.m. to watch bad TV to order a device that doesn't work so we can lose five pounds. And yet we'll lay in bed at night and we'll remain prayerless. We don't have a passion for people and evangelism. We'll spend another year not being generous. We'll continue to use the same critical spirit and manipulating spirit. And the Christmas gift says you don't have to live that way anymore. You can live a changed life. What's 2015 going to be like for you? I hope it's better than 2014. And I'm not talking about circumstances. You can't control circumstances, but what you can control is how much you cling to Jesus. And I don't know what 2015 is going to bring for you guys, but I do know who holds 2015. This changes everything. Some of you are going to challenge to run 10 miles, and you'll post on Facebook and Twitter, and it, nobody cares if you're running. We, we don't care. We're eating our ben, our ben and Jerry's, and we're like, we don't care. <laughs> what if you made a resolution to be more like Jesus by the end of next year than you are at the end of this year? What if you started every day in worship in the scriptures and in prayer, longing with your heart as you cry tears for lost loved ones who do not know Jesus? What if you saw your neighbors not as annoyances, but as a mission? 
What if you saw your work as the battlefield to be spiritual instead of a place where you have to endure? It feels good to run 10 miles. It feels, I've heard. It feels good to lose five pounds, but I tell you, it feels 100 times better to conquer Satan in your personal life and to walk in victorious, reigning power, equipped and engaged with the Holy Spirit. There's a guy in our Bible who had a uh, life of change. He believed the Christmas uh, gift. 1 Timothy, I'm going to read a few verses to you. 1 Timothy, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. Remember Paul? Paul's the guy who wrote 13 books in your New Testament. I mean, this guy walks with God. But he wasn't always that way. He had to change. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Here's what Paul says about himself. It's his autobiography. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Raise your hand if you describe yourself. I'm a blasphemer and a violent person. Not many of us would say that, right? Let me tell you about Paul. Paul used to kill Christians and burn churches. I suspect most of you have never killed too many Christians. Kill Christians and burn churches. And he says, I was a blasphemer and I was violent. But the Christmas message happened to Paul. Verse 15, here's what it says. Here's a trustworthy statement that deserves full acceptance. Paul's way of saying, you can't even doubt this. It's not true. Christ Jesus came into the world. That's the Christmas message right there. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul says, if that baby in the manger is God in the flesh, then he can change anybody. And you can say to Paul, you know what, I've tried religion. He can't change me. If he changed Paul, he can change you. I've heard people say that before. I've tried Christianity. It doesn't work. Have you ever taken two or three days off of work, taken your Bible, taken a pad and a pen because God speaks, and go somewhere by yourself and fast for two or three days? That means not eating. And just cry your heart out to God and you get two or three faithful brothers and sisters who are earnestly praying for you through the whole time and you're pouring your heart out to God and you're submitting yourself to be accountable to God. If you haven't done those things consistently, you haven't tried Christianity. Paul says, I was the worst. And that baby coming changed everything. And then here's what he says in verse 16. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. Amen. As an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. He used me as a billboard of what grace means. Any of you guys feel like that? He used me as the shining example. You want to know what it looks like to be jacked up and then believe in Christmas? Look at this guy. He used to kill curses and burn churches. Now he's writing New Testament. That's what Christmas does. Church, are you with me? You follow me? And so what we believe is there's nothing that's precious to you that you can ever lose because God's always going to give you more and better. And there's no one or nothing in your life that is frustrating and disappointing and sad that God can't change. He may not change it when you want him to change it, right? But he can change anything. If you don't believe it and you're a Christian, just say, God changed me. He can change anybody. The more I see my own heart, the more I'm overwhelmed by the message of the gospel of Christmas. The birth of Jesus changes everything. Now tonight, I know with crowds of hundreds right now in this room in Building D in Southwest Campus, some of you are hurting right now. Some of you do not like Christmas. Maybe you had a loved one you've lost. Maybe it brings up bad memories as a child. Maybe it brings hurt and pain to your heart. 
And every Christmas they start singing all these songs and it just wells up inside of you like it happened last week. I want to pray for you. I'm going to lift you up to the king. And some of you are sitting here going, I just want to get out of here and go play Xbox. Just hold on, take some mental notes because there'll come a time in your life where you'll need this encouragement too. And I just want to pray for you. I'm going to lift you guys up. You, you guys are my friends. I'm going to lift you up to the king because that baby became king and he's not just a king, he's the king. He's king of kings, lord of lords. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. There is no way of the father but by him. Pastor, you really believe that? Yes, why? Because Jesus said it. So I'm going to lift you up to him. Father, we come to you tonight with, with my friends in this room in Building D and Southwest Campus. And Lord, there are people hurting right now that are listening to the words I'm speaking. And Christmas is hard and it's sad and it's disappointing. And it reminds them of past failures maybe they caused or maybe so it was caused upon them or maybe you just took someone home that they care about. Father, I lift my friends up to you. Father, I pray that your presence would overwhelm them. I pray the passion that you have for them would be seen and felt this Christmas. I pray that this Christmas would be different. Well, I pray for my friends in this room and the other rooms that maybe it's all good right now. We, we don't know what nature is going to bring, but I pray for them too. I lift them up to you. Father, I do know as Peter says that these light momentary trials are achieving for us a glory that far surpasses it all. So Father, Christmas is another reminder that this isn't home and you haven't fixed it all yet, but you are going to. And Father, we long for the day that you return. But until that day, Father, I pray that you would give great comfort, great joy, and an overwhelming peace to my friends. It's in the glorious and beautiful name of our Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Advent literally means coming or arrival. So Advent is a celebration of the coming or arrival of Jesus Christ. During Advent, we gaze backward, contemplating the first coming of Christ, his incarnation. But Advent is more than that. During this time, we also peer forward, anticipating the second coming of Christ, his glorious return. Advent focuses faith, bolsters hope, kindles joy, yields peace, and exalts Christ. As we light the final candle of Advent, the Christ candle, may Christ be all in all. May he shine as the treasure in our hearts, brighter than all of the trinkets this world has to offer. May we respond in worship with hearts that cry out, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. <laughs>